your action. Canada Sportsbook. Hello, friends, and welcome to Game Over Vancouver. I am Clay Emo. I am Canuck Clay, coming to you from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on a night where the Vancouver Canucks defeated the Ottawa Senators 6-4, to four, sending Ottawa to their sixth straight loss, making the Canucks winners of four of their last six. And uh, they've gotten points in, I think, five of those last six games because of that one brutal overtime loss, uh, shootout loss to Nashville on Saturday. But that's in the past. We are talking about today, and we are also talking about what's going to happen going forward. So once again, welcome to Game Over Vancouver. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Steve Dangle Podcast Network YouTube channel. That's the one you're watching me on right now, SDPN. Make sure you subscribe to the video. Make sure you like the video. Like the fact that the Canucks won. Like the fact that it's it's not even 7 o'clock. We're going to be done by 7.30. And you have your whole night in front of you. And make sure that you are indeed very active in the chat section. As for me, you not only subscribe to SDPN, but you can also subscribe to me and follow me as well. I'm Canuck Clay, both here on YouTube and on Twitter also. Today, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk, basically break the show up into three sections like we like to do. The first segment, we're going to talk about tonight's game, some of the storylines that are coming from tonight's game. The second segment, we're going to talk about Jim Rutherford, Bruce Boudreau, systems, structure, and whether or not you like the fact, do you like the fact that Jim Rutherford is so open and transparent in the media. And then for the final segment, I will get into the chat section and get to all of you and all of your comments. So you're welcome to chat. You're welcome to talk with each other in the stream right now in the comment section, but I might not get to a lot of them until later in the stream. So I hope that makes sense. And I'm so glad you are here to talk about this big Canucks win. And by the way, uh, aside from the first one where it was me, Sam and Kaya, and that was the season opening loss to Edmonton Oilers. Since then, I've done three of these shows on my own. One of them I had a guest. I have a guest this weekend. Kind of getting a little 50-50 when it comes to guests. But I'm two and one. So basically, I've been able to cover two of the Canucks wins. So maybe I should do more of these shows because I wouldn't say it guarantees a Canucks win. But, uh, but my record, my stellar record speaks for itself. I know. It's a very small sample size. So let's get going. But let's thank our friends first at Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football is going on. The World Series just finished. And of course, the hockey season is now into its second month. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now to see all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Steve Dangle Podcast Network. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Ontario only, 19 plus and only. Please play responsibly. A few things stand out to me, friends, from tonight's big Canucks win. Obviously, Bo Horvat. Contract Horvat, whatever it may be you want to call him. Captain Horvat. Captain Clutch. Clutch Contract Horvat. That doesn't sound so good. But another two goals to bring them to 12 on the year. Remember, the Canucks have only played 14 games. No, they've only played 13 games. They're 4, 6, and 3. So the Canucks are... No, what am I talking about? They're, um, how many games have the Canucks played? 
yeah, they played 13 games. They're four, six, and three. So Horvat has 12 goals in 13 games, basically on track for a 70 goal season. Uh, he's not going to get a 70 goal season. His name isn't Connor McDavid. But uh, if if anyone doubted Bo Horvat's value to this team, they are seeing it right now. And it comes on a night where um, the Canucks moved JT Miller back to the middle. And I'll talk about the lineup in a couple minutes. But yeah, Miller was back in the middle. And now you had the, the, the three-headed monster of Miller, Petey, and Horvat in the center of the ice. So Horvat, two points. Again, goals. he gets more goals than assists. He simply is a better shooter than he is a passer. We know that now with him after seven years in the league. So Horvat with two points. Connor Garland, also two points. Both of them assists, whereas Horvat gets the goals. Garland gets assists. And really both, uh, nice assists on both of them. Both plays emanating from behind the Ottawa net. And Garland doing some really good work. The primary assist was him. Uh, it was him to, who was it? It was him to, oh yeah. The primary assist was him to Bo Horvat in the slot. And then his secondary assist went basically him to uh, Besser. Sorry, back to Ekman Larson. And then to Besser. I'm not sure if they end up giving that goal to Besser or gave it to Ekman Larson. Because if they give it to Ekman Larson, then Garland gets two primary assists. Regardless, a two-point night for Connor Garland. Good to see him producing as well. No matter what line he's played on. He's kind of bounced around all throughout the all throughout the all throughout the lineup. So then he's got two points. And then another player that got two points was Elias Pettersson. A goal and assist. The goal was an easy empty netter on a nice uh, nice unselfish play by JT Miller and then from a standpoint of his assist it was a, a pass behind his own net to Quinn Hughes and Quinn Hughes with that beautiful long pass to Mikheyev streaking down the right side for that goal and I'll get to that in a second you also had Rathbone with an assist Ekman Larson with a goal right now or an assist Hughes with an assist Ethan Bear with an assist so four of the six defensemen had assists and looking at this, actually seven of the 12 forwards had points. Garland, Pedersen, and Horvat with the multi-point games. And then Besser with an assist. Miller with an assist. You, and you had Mikheyev and Jason Stadnika. Mikheyev with a goal. And Jason Stadnika, sorry, Jack Stadnika scoring his first goal as a Vancouver Canuck. Let's talk about the goals really, really quick. And then uh, I want to talk about a couple other observations from the game. When it comes to the goals... Now, we should talk about the lines first. When they put Miller back in the middle, so that was one change, and then Besser was also coming to the lineup, the lines end up looking like this. You had Miller with Besser and Pearson on the top line. Not the fastest line I've ever seen. JT Miller is the fastest of those three by far, and then Pearson and Besser are simply not, not the biggest burners down the wings. Then you have your second line of Petey, Mikheyev, and Kuzmenko, Petey and the two Russian buddies. Third line then became Horvat, Podkos, and Garland, and your fourth line of... Stadnika and Joshua flanking Niels Aman. Then a nice surprise on the blue line, especially if you're one of the ones that wanted to see Jack Rathbone or Kyle Burrows in and Riley Steelman out. Well, you got your wish tonight because it was indeed OEL and Myers reunited, Hughes and Shen staying together, and then your third pairing of Jack Rathbone and Ethan Bear. And I got to tell you, and Spencer Martin, of course, starting in goal. We'll talk about him in a second. So when I... When I saw that Bear and my uh, Rathbone were going to play together, when I saw that Rathbone drawing in, I got really excited. And then I saw their first period, and then I wasn't so so excited anymore. I like Bear's game potentially. 
He gives up the puck a lot. I counted two or three turnovers in the first period alone. He's not afraid to, to put the puck up the middle. So there's that. Then uh, Jack Rathbone, good skater, but not always uh, the most um, careful with the puck either. So you basically have Rathbone and Bear, your two most turnover-prone defensemen, only because Stillman's not playing. And they're on the same pairing. But uh, I I have time for it. I really do. If they're not going to put Bear with Ekman Larson, I have time for a Rathbone Bear, a Bone Bear, Bear Bones, whatever you want to call them. I am time. I have time for that pairing. So then, and then with the forwards themselves, McKayev's goal, a lot of skill there. Pedersen to Hughes, Hughes with a beautiful half the length of the ice pass, cross ice pass to McKayev, takes it on his backhand, pivots to his forehand, is lucky that he's got the very slow Travis Hamnick chasing him down and goes across Talbot and puts it past him. So that was a really big goal by Mikheyev, um, the third goal of the game and and a, base, a second goal of the game for the Canucks and tying it up to two. Don't worry, I'll, I got to be balanced. I'll, I'll get to some of the challenges of the Canucks game in a second. So up front, I uh, well, everyone is bad the first two periods. I thought PD's line really struggled in the first period, but it was nice to see the Canucks turn it around for the third period. And they turned it around to the tune of Many, many shots. 12 to 6. They outshooted Ottawa. They outshot Ottawa, not outshooted. But then that's because they were outshot 16 to 8 and 19 to 8. At least they were consistent with their 8. But they were down 35 to 16 in shots coming out of the second period. So uh, not the, the finest work by the Canucks. And I'm going to talk about structure and systems when I get to the second segment of the show. So we like the way that the forwards played, in particular Garland in particular, PD and Bo, and then guys like Miller and, and Besser. Besser chipping in with a, an assist, which might be a goal. We'll see what the official score says. He was acting like he tipped it, but uh, maybe he just wanted to get to the bench first. And then again, Mikhail with that nice goal and Stednika scoring his first goal as a Vancouver Canuck. We've talked about the defense a little bit. Um, <laughs> I didn't like Ekman Larson's effort on the first goal by Drake Matherson. Basically, he got beat out to an icing. That's okay. The fact that you get beat out to icing, that's fine because we know, all know that OEL is not the fastest skater. But then inexplicably, he went behind the net from the left side of the net around to the back right to check Alex Dabrinkat, who then easily just centered it. It got past a couple guys and then Drake Batherson had an easy tap in. Very similar to Riley Stillman, actually, who did a very similar thing from the left side last game where he tried to chase someone behind the Nash, uh, behind the Canucks net from Nashville behind the net. So I don't know why the Canucks defensemen do that, especially these left shot guys where they get beat wide down the left and they then they continue chasing the guy behind the net. And then now they're leaving that left post unoccupied. And that's how Demko got scored on, on Saturday night. And that's how they beat Martin today. So didn't really like that play. The Travis Hamannick goal... It was more of a Niels Oman, who I think struggled a bit tonight. He got beat on, on the boards. And then Hamannick, you know, it, it's kind of, you, know, you never want to see ex-Canucks score on the Canucks. But even when Hamannick was playing for the Canucks for his two years, I did say he had a heavy shot. And it wasn't a booming slap shot. I've never seen him do a good wrist shot. or But what he does, he's got that half slapper that's actually quite heavy. And that is indeed the goal that beats that beat Spencer Martin tonight. And then I guess if you want to look at the other two Ottawa goals, just for the sake of completion, you had Stutzla with a beautiful power play goal, 30 seconds left in the power play. I didn't like the fact that Joshua and Niels Oman were the two penalty killers. 
but he split everyone. He split those two guys. He split Bear and whoever else was on the ice went down Main Street. And then the fourth goal was Claude Giroux. Also, it looked like um, it actually hit Niels Amon's stick on the way and kind of changed direction on Spencer Martin. So overall, four goals from the Senators, two of them on the power play. And where the Canucks power play went 0 for 3, although it's the top 10 power play in the league, their penalty kill, we know it's at the bottom of the league and it's going to continue, continue to stay so stay there because Ottawa scored on two of their five opportunities. Let's talk about Spencer Martin a little bit. Martin was good. Martin made 30, how many saves did he make? He made 37 saves on 41 shots for a 902 save percentage. And I'm going to talk about structure in a, the second segment. But when it comes to Martin, he plays with a lot of structure. And you can't, well, maybe you want him to get the Hamannet goal for sure. But he had no chance on the Batherson goal. He probably had no chance on the Stutzla goal. That was a beautiful goal, that breakaway. And then Giroud's goal got deflected. So the only goal I think you want, you should save that Hamannet goal, even though he's got a heavy shot. And then he also made some really good saves. In fact, right before the Mikheyev save, uh, Mikheyev goal, he stopped. Actually, Jack Rathbone, speaking of turnovers from the bare bones, Jack Rathbone turned it over, and then there's a bang-bang centering pass, and Brady Kachuk had a half-open net. It wasn't completely open, but a half-open net, and Martin then le- leaned over and made an excellent save with the blocker. Then a few seconds later, the Canucks go down, and they score. So instead of it being a 3-1 game for Ottawa, it becomes... Uh, a 2-2 tie, and the Canucks take the lead from there and never relinquish it. Those of you that uh, watch my Canucks channel, you know that I always predict the Canucks to win 4-2, and I will keep doing so until they actually win a game 4-2. Well, today, they didn't win the game 4-2, but they did indeed win uh, the third period. They scored uh, four goals in the third period. They outscored Ottawa 4-2 in the third period. However, when I make that prediction, I'm usually talking about the final game score not the third period score. So those for me are some of the big stories of the game. Horvat's two goals, Garland's two assists, Besser returning, going three deep down the middle once again. Um, I'm not sure how long Niels Amon's going to last as the fourth line center, but I guess if if uh, Sinika, they like him on the wing, and Curtis Lazar is out, and then maybe he's there by default. Bad power play, bad penalty kill, but Spencer Martin... Uh, I wouldn't say bailed them out completely because the Canucks did do some good things on offense, but I thought Spencer Martin had a really, really solid game. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump in the comment section for about three to five minutes right now. And, and let's see uh, let's see what you're saying. So Justin Credible says, My, OEL Myers was horrible today, but glad to see the team have a good third period for once and the win was all Martin. So giving some love to Spencer Martin. Adam was here, but has to go. Thanks for being here, Adam. Uh, Karan saying that Martin stole the goal in the first two periods. I would not disagree with that. Chris saying Martin's effort what can't go unnoticed. He was lights out tonight for sure. Jason Lim is saying OEL and Myers is the worst 13 to 14 million spent ever. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're going to get bought out though. Um, I have to run the calculator on that. But people have been telling me that, that um, OEL's buyout isn't as bad as we might think. By the way, I, one thought, yeah, Chris, I'm not sure you heard it. I, I just talked about the Mikheyev goal. Basically, I, I love the pass by Hughes, and I love the skill play that Mikheyev made, taking it on his backhand, pivoting, going wide on Hamnet, going wide on Talbot, and then scoring that goal. I will tell one, uh, one quick Spencer Martin story, and then we'll get into the second, uh, we'll get into 
the second segment of the show. <laughs> uh, with Spencer Martin, many people that are on my show know the story already, but for those of you that aren't, even though I, I'm looking at the chat section, I think it's almost all regulars, from, uh, which is fine. Spencer Martin, I met at the golf tournament this year, and we were talking about um, his, how well he played last year. Remember, six games, he didn't lose in regulation. Make that four games this season. That's 10 games now total over the two seasons, which is pretty good. Spencer Martin told me that he watches my YouTube channel, which is pretty cool, which is pretty cool. And then I, I wasn't testing him, I, I but I wasn't sure if I was, if I was going to believe him. And then I started to talk about the fact that at home, Spencer Martin's pads seem like there's a little microphone inside because anytime he makes a pad save, it reverberates the Rogers Arena, boom! And then you kind of just look around and see what's going on. So I started to tell him that story and he finished off that story for me because he said, yeah, he's heard me talk about how loud his pads are. So something little, a bit of a, you know, a, a cool moment for me, the fact that the backup goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks, the backup goaltender who has not lost in regulation in 10 games for the Canucks, actually watches my vlogs okay that's enough showing off for now so as i end this first segment i'm going to ask you to stick around because we're going to now talk about we talked about for 15 minutes there what happened on the ice night i want to move into what's happening off the ice because of some very interesting comments made by president jim rutherford so before we get to that make sure that if you're watching on on YouTube right now, make sure you subscribe to SDPN. Make sure you hit the like button. And if you're listening to this on the podcast platform, make sure you rate and review as well. Let's get to the second segment now. And let's talk about off ice. Let's talk about the president, Jim Rutherford, going on Sportsnet 650, the home of the Vancouver Canucks, going on with Sat Shaw and Dan Richo yesterday. And in a 20 minute interview, covered everything that you'd expect such as their desire to sign Bo Horvat. So on one hand he says, yeah, we want to sign Bo. He's been a great part of this team and he admires the way that Bo has gone through the season without obviously 12 goals. It hasn't been his contract at least hasn't shown to be a distraction, but then in the very next breath he says, but if Horvat keeps playing well, he's going to drive his value up. And if we can't resign him, then we're going to get a lot for him. And it, 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 he kind of just says it matter-of-factly, just like that. If Yeah, if we can't re-sign him, then we're going to get a lot for him. So there's some transparency from right there, transparency from Jim Rutherford. Also talked about the fact that uh, last season, the good goaltending of Demko and Martin, by extension, kind of masked a lot of the issues plaguing the Vancouver Canucks, and that would be bad defense, bad structure. He also talked about the defense, how they tried to get in on every free agent defenseman, every tradable defenseman over the summer, but they are hamstrung by their cap constraints and by the contracts that they have on the book. So he was very honest that way, not throwing Jim Benning or anyone else under the bus, but also matter-of-factly saying that he can only do what he can do with the cards he has dealt. So then, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing for those of you not in the Vancouver market, but it's made national headlines. The biggest thing that he talked about and that got the most play was the fact that he did not give a ringing endorsement to Bruce Boudreaux and his coaching staff, nor to the players. Players was easy. He simply said they're not playing well enough and they have to be held accountable. So that's one part. Jim Rutherford talking about the holding the players accountable and he didn't threaten trades or demotions or benchings, but he basically said the players got to be held accountable. If 
But then when it came to questions about Bruce Boudreaux, Jim Rutherford repeated what he said on an interview a few weeks ago in that he did not like the training camp. He did not like the preseason. And therefore, it spilled over to the start of the regular season where the Canucks blew all those multiple goal leads on the road. So bad camp, bad preseason, bad start of the season. And he attributed it to the fact that the Canucks do not play with enough structure. Also used another S word of systems, not good enough systems, but really the word that got out there. Oh, by the way, before I get into this, um, he also talked about um, trying to retool this roster on the fly, signing players who are 26 years old or younger when possible. But he doesn't like to use the term rebuild. He used the term build. So whether you put that prefix of RE in front of it, he's talking about building as opposed to rebuilding. To me, it's all the same thing. If Because if you're building, you're, you're technically changing things so I, I would use the the prefix of re but whatever let's not get into semantics he's basically not using the term rebuild he's using the term build back to rutherford and structure so by saying that the canucks do not play enough with enough structure you there's no masking it there's no sugarcoating it he is calling out bruce boudreau and the coaching staff because unless he's suggesting that bruce boudreau has perfect structure and he implements it perfectly at the you know at during practices and it's the players fault that they don't implement the structure he's basically calling out boudreaux and the coaching staff and you see it the canucks have a league worst penalty kill penalty kill is about three things it's about effort of course it's about personnel and it's about structure structure and systems what structure and systems do you play what structure and systems do you play when you are protecting a multi-goal lead going into the third period like a 3-0 lead or a 3-1 lead against Nashville on Saturday night. Or look at tonight. What structures or systems do you play when you are pushing for a goal and going into the second period down? Or as we saw today, heading in, uh, you know, heading in the third period tied. It was 2-2 after two periods. All to say, when Jim Rutherford is questioning the team's structure, how could you not treat that as a shot at Bruce Boudreaux? So my question to you, Canucks fans, and let's start talking about it right now. So uh, I'll ask you a general question to wrap up the show at the end. But for right now, I want to ask you, when it comes to Jim Rutherford talking so openly and so honestly in the media, do you like that? Are you of the mind that, man, this this is a breath of fresh air because Jim Benning, we heard from him once or twice a year and whenever Benning talked, he didn't say anything. So this is good. This is good. I like Rutherford talking in the media and, and at least being accountable, using that accountable word, being accountable to the fans. Or of you, are you of the ilk where, oh man, just like you don't want to hear a coach always talking down or calling out his players. I'm not sure if it's the best look if the president and GM is talking, uh, sorry, the president saying that about a head coach who's in the final year of his contract who's had success wherever he went, just hit the 600 win mark. And a coach who you admittedly didn't know had a second year on his contract, which is kind of a crazy story. But Rutherford is claiming that he didn't know that that Boudreaux had the option to take his second year of his contract, which he obviously did. And then Rutherford, you know, Rutherford's not words weren't that he was stuck with them, but the, the, the fact that he didn't know that that was the case kind of intimates that he feels he's stuck with them. So I would love to get in your comments here when you hear that, when you read that, 
what do you think of of that of rutherford being so transparent in the media history repeating says i'm still getting used to the fact that canucks management answers questions now yeah so that's a neutral that's a neutral comment but let's see what you have to say about that down below Quran says Jim too, so obviously not Jim Benning, but Jim Rutherford, has got to stop laying on Bruce publicly. It's more the players that have assembled, they have assembled than the coaching. Also, is there really any benefit hating on the coach publicly? Great question by Quran. And let's answer that. Answer that in the chat, you guys. Is there even a benefit to what Rutherford is doing? And <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess Rutherford is is gone harder on Bruce than than the players, but People also recognize, like Karan so just did right now, that Boudreaux can only coach within a system or not the players that he's given by the GM and the president by extension. So can you fully fault Boudreaux for systems and by extension personnel when you are the one giving him the players to try and implement said systems? So that's a tricky one as well. Roger Moore says good points to Quran. I like, I like affirmation in the chat. Not just to me, but to each other. Roger says, oh, I just said that. History repeating. I'm pretty surprised he's taking multiple shots at the coaching staff. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's a great point, history repeating. It's not like this is the first time. He's probably said this three times now in the media. Once uh, before the season started. Once in the first week or two of the season. And now as well. Kaya, my... Awesome. Oh, I just got an Amazon uh, got an Amazon notification. Um, Kaya says, Jim Place, and welcome, Kaya. Thanks for coming on, even though you're not hosting tonight. Awesome. Remember, Kaya is the Demko or Martin. I'm the Colin Delia. So Kaya says, Jim placing the blame on someone else for the fact they signed Miller. That, that's a good point. I didn't say it as, you know, as bluntly as that. But yeah, uh, Bruce Brujo does not sign players to extensions. Great, great point. Lucas doesn't mind it at all. Genuine talk is helpful. So Lucas is all for the transparency. Kaya says, I guess it's good he's talking to us. I just don't like what he's saying. You know, that's fair. You, it can be both and. Yeah, I like the fact that he's talking, but I don't like what he's actually saying. That's fair. Fangirl, in a way, I'm okay with it, but why put shade on the coaching staff other than that? Then fine. And I guess that's my point is, is do you call it tough love? Or is it unnecessary? Jimmy says, I don't mind him talking, but he took no responsibility for his faults. Blaming Bruce and not talking about how he didn't improve the D with a simple, it's hard is not okay. Jimmy, I have a lot of time for that argument too. Rutherford almost glosses over the fact that they tried to get in on everything. And, and yeah, you could actually, I guess, move contracts if you absolutely have to. Um, and you saw that a bit with Dickinson and then... They did bring in Ethan Bear, but you're right. He hasn't been taking a lot of um, a lot of accountability himself, or at least the acknowledgement that that the players, he's the one that's assembled these players, or at least maybe these players were all here when they got here, basically with exception of, of like Stillman and Bear. But the the point being, how do you play? Why can you call your coach out for structure and personnel decisions when? when he's only coaching who, who he has. Kaya May, there's no benefit since they've expressed they won't fire him because they don't want to pay a third coach. That's right. Green, Boudreaux, and then a third coach, whoever you're hiring. So they're trying to place the blame on Bruce instead of management. Ah. Very wise. 
Lucas trying to hold accountability isn't a bad thing. More relatable to some. That's fair. Karan says, did Jim not notice the guy extended to being a center is playing so bad defensively that they had to move him to the wing? Well, he's back in the middle today. <laughs> Maybe put some more focus on the players. History repeating. I like the fact that Jim too talks honestly, but I'm not sure I completely agree with the assessment that it's all system structure coaching. So history repeating, you're similar to Kai Ame in saying that you don't mind the fact that he's talking, but maybe you're not thrilled with what he's actually saying. Yeah, Roger, fangirl is very welcoming, both on this one and on my Canuck Clay streams. I appreciate her. I appreciate many people that are here. Karan, I like the healthy discussion in the chat. Not just fans yelling at each other. Well, it helps, I guess, that I'm coming on after a win, and it's, it's kind of early in the night, so uh, not everyone's home from doing whatever they, they do on Tuesday. Usually on Tuesday night, I'm actually bowling. So I never stream early on a Tuesday night, but my bowling got canceled because they are filming a TV show at the bowling alley and my two sons are in it. Okay, that's all I can say right now. Kaya, it's, it's also not like Bruce can defend himself in the media. <laughs> that's a good point too because they don't come across as totally defensive or or out of touch. But Bruce did say... Uh, he he kind of bristled at the the criticism today from Rutherford, and he said, "Oh, I'll just add it to the book I'm going to write after 47 years in this business, you know, something like that." And he also made a comment like he he wanted his players to to come out and he didn't say stick it to people, but to show people that to ch basically show some pride and and show people that they're wrong in saying that these players are not accountable, they're not professional or whatever they're saying. And but for the Canucks. And they actually kind of lived up to that for the first period and a half, I must say. But thankfully, they turned it on near the end of the second and definitely in the third period. Jason, if this team rallies all around the press negativity, they should be better than 500. Okay, so you're saying, well, use this as a motivator. If we run the table, we'll go four out of five or three out of five and one tie, at least that would consider to win. This team isn't bad. They just need to stop playing Stillman. Well, you got your wish tonight. I actually was, if they were going to play Stillman, I was actually going to title my vlog today, Stillman Still In, but I didn't have to. And yes, the Canucks are only two games under 500. Of course, we want the Canucks to be 16 or 17 games over 500 to get 98 or 99 points and make the playoffs. But uh, you got to get to 500 first. So now they're only two games under. They're four, six, and three. It's too bad they didn't win against Nashville. They'd be five. Uh, they'd be five, five. Yeah. If they beat Nashville on, on Saturday night, they'd be 500 right now. They'd be five, five, and two. No, that doesn't add up. Four, six, and three. No, they would be five, six, and three. Five, six, and two. My math is okay, generally, although I did fail out of counting. So yes, they if they beat Nashville, they'd only be one game under 500 instead of the two. But they could get there as early as Saturday if they beat Montreal tomorrow. I'm not saying they're going to. And if they beat Toronto on Saturday, but that's going to be tough because Toronto is playing a lot better. Okay, I'll answer a couple more questions then I'll take a breath for my third segment and then we'll continue answering your questions. Actually, let's do it right now. So let's end the second segment. So for the third topic, the third segment, what I like to do is I like to simply turn it over to all of you. And you can talk, you can ask me anything about the Canucks. I guess it's more relevant. Save my, save the true ask me anything for my own vlogs. But for this one, talk to me about the Canucks, what you saw tonight, what your impressions were of tonight's game. Talk to me about what you expect from the rest of the road trip. They got Montreal, Wednesday, Toronto Saturday, Boston Sunday. That's a quick back-to-back. -back. And then Buffalo on Tuesday. You can talk to me about the road trip. Or you can talk to me about this whole Rutherford-Boudreau situation as well. Or you can even talk about Horvath contract. Talk about whatever you want. Because the third segment, I like to leave it all to you.
So let's answer your questions. And this is your chance to get your voice heard. And I will do my best to address as many of your questions as I can in the next 10 to 12 minutes. Chris, as the coach, if you were, how how would you deal with Pakosin's play to date? Um, you know, that line generated was was him, Garland, and and Horvat, but Pakosin was not good tonight. A couple turnovers, at least one, if not two penalties, including that that silly delay of game penalty. He is just like he's a second year guy, just like we were rough on Hoglander last year. I wouldn't go too hard on him just yet. But he should see that already Kuzmenko and Mikheyev and others have passed him on the depth chart. Yeah, with with um, you got Hoglander and Dry sitting out tonight. Now with Besser back, uh, actually Dry's got sent down. So it's going to be Hoglander or Podkosen likely going to be the healthy scratches while Lazar is still out. So uh, maybe you have to bench him again. Maybe uh, maybe it's masked a little bit because the Canucks won. But I, I think you don't show you don't go too hard on them. But you you appeal to a sense of uh, competitiveness and his competition sense of competition. I think maybe that's what you do with with Pot Colson. Kaya, yeah, Clay, leave a win for me. I'm trying, my dear. I'm trying. I think who's got what? You have tomorrow, right? So uh, Canucks will beat Montreal tomorrow, and then Kaya May will be happy, and then the Canucks will beat Toronto on Saturday, and Sam's doing that game. I think Kaya is going to that game in Toronto. And then I'll be back on the mic here Sunday after the Boston game. Karan says, NHL... Oh, no. Jimmy, the team also didn't play well with structure. Our structured PK and power plays were awful. We saw it a bunch last year. We were too structured and generate nothing. Yeah, uh, it's tough to say how much of it's structure, how much of it isn't. But I can see why it would be maddening, though, for a president or a GM to not see enough structure in their team. I just don't know if they should say it publicly. Karan, NHL 500 is not 500. Oh, I agree. I agree. For instance, if the Canucks win the next two, they'll be six, six and three. So they will have 15 points in 15 games, i.e. the definition of NHL 500. But if you add those three to your losses, the Canucks will be six and nine. That's not very nice. And they would uh, be technically three games under 500 in that they lost three games more than they have won. History repeating, good point. Green structures seem to be suffocating them. So that was a comment to reply to Jimmy's comment for sure lucas says maybe the road trip could help yes indeed their first road trip was no good so maybe the second one will be jason says let's be real if we aren't the worst pk in the league and the power play is ranked at what then we will be fine yeah power plays top 10 they're six heading into the weekend they might be a bit lower now for sure justin do i trust in demko figuring out tomorrow justin i do i i don't think it's been demko's fault i really don't and I've talked on my own streams about the percentage of goals that have actually truly been his fault. So yes, I have a 100% trust in Demko. It's we, it's nice that uh, Martin got the first half of a back-to-back for once. So that was that's good. Jason, if we are at the top half of the PK and the top half of the power play, that's enough. Yeah, well, yes, we're not going to be in the top half of the PK. We're too far down that road already. Roger, thought on Connor Garland's play tonight? He was noticeable. Sometimes he skates around and, and skates around a lot, but is very ineffective. Today, he was very effective with those two assists. Jason, not the biggest Stillman fan, saying not playing Stillman made all the difference. Toughness is overrated when it costs us goals. Yeah, Stillman's rough and rugged for sure, but he doesn't make good decisions. Lucas is indeed at the Bell Center tomorrow watching Vancouver Montreal live. Have a great time, Lucas. Hope you see a win. Kaya May, 
Hoping they win in Toronto. I've never seen the Canucks lose in regulation. Whoa! I, I can't believe you waited 14, 13 games in the season to tell us that you've never seen the Canucks lose in regulation in person. So forget all my season ticket partners. I should be bringing you to all the, at least the Canucks home games with me. And then Sam will have to do all the game overs, but that's worth it. If the Canucks aren't going to lose in regulation, that's a cool stat, Kaya. Now, if we're talking about two games, then that's not that impressive. But if we're talking about multiple games, that, that's pretty cool. Fango, with Rutherford's comments, do you think Boudreau doesn't get to coach here next season? And who would I replace him with? Yeah, yeah I, I, unless the Canucks win two rounds, I don't expect Boudreau to be back here. The name I keep thinking about is Barry Trotz. Trotz isn't coaching anywhere right now. I know Maurice went to... Where, what's Barry Trotz doing right now? Barry Trotz. Yeah, most recently the coach of the Islanders. Thoughts on Bo as the third C? Yeah, if... I I don't really get too caught up in first line, second line, third line when it comes to the three centers because when you look at the distribution of minutes, and I guess power play time definitely helps with that. Miller had 22, Pedersen had only 17, and Horvat had 21. So by minutes, you could say that Horvat's line was the was the second line tonight. So I thought that was fine. And then the Miller line... I thought they were okay. They uh, All the Canucks forwards, Andy, got caved in Corsi-wise today because of getting out shot 35 to 18 or 16 in the first two periods. Uh, but that Miller line, I, I worry that they're a little slow. And Miller is an, is a pretty good playmaker, but I'm, I just don't know. Besser and Pearson have the hockey IQ to keep up with Miller for sure, but I actually don't know if they have the wheels to do so. Justin, would you package Hoglander trade? He can't catch a break and stay in the lineup even after a decent game. Yeah, you don't want to give up on those guys, especially because they're so cheap. But if they're not going to play him and develop him, then I think you do have to look at it. Chris, thoughts on the BC Lions game? Great win. Can't wait to see what they do next year. Hunter, thoughts on Hoglander being consistently left out of the lineup? Well, right now it's either going to be Hoglander or or Pod Colson because uh, I think you lose too much grit if you bring out Aman or, or Joshua, although I didn't think they were that strong tonight. But yeah, it's going to be a tricky balance, but that's not a bad thing if you have players that are playing better than him. Japan 4, Bujo's not going to be here for sure next year. He's not the GM's pick. I would agree with that. Jason Myers and OEL, what is the total buyout? Uh, we'll have to run the calculator. Raymond, Bo, and PD are both playing their way out of Vancouver. We will not be able to sign both eventually. Uh, I disagree with that. I, I, think, I think we can sign at least one, unless you're saying... Maybe you are saying that we can't sign either. I think we'll sign at least one for sure. C97, thanks for being here. I appreciate the love. Japan says you're, it's OEL 4.5 mil a year for eight years. See, if that's the case, I wouldn't like that. Kaya May, oh, your, your, your record is very similar to Spencer Martin's. I think, wait a sec. Yeah, I think Spencer Martin is 6 0 oh, 4. Yeah, because he is three and three. Yeah, Martin is six zero and four, and you're five zero and four. You guys are pretty much. So I think you are Spencer Martin. Now that I think about it, that's awesome. Yeah, Kaya has the same record as Martin. Basically, Trotz is selling houses right now. Oh, that's cool. Karan has never seen Kaya and Martin in the same room. That's true. If Kaya puts puts a microphone in her hockey pads, then then they could be the same person for sure. Oh, Japan Force says Trotz mentioned he wants to 
coaching original six team. Jimmy is one zero and one. Well, we got to get you to more games. Oh, uh, Kai was trying to be funny. She's four zero and three. I will still take that for sure. Jason says Hoglander and Besser, Myers, and OEL for anyone with who's a decent defense. And that's a lot. That's a big haul. Lucas says Toronto might binge on trots. Uh, Jason says Clay is your record one and six. This year it's not great. I will say that, but uh, my game over Vancouver record is two and one. All right, friends. I think that's time to wrap. We've gone for a good 40 minutes. I'm going to figure out how to upload this as a podcast, do a bit of studying, and then get ready for my own show at 11 o'clock tonight. So once again, thanks for being here. Whether you're here for the whole stream and the entire game, or you caught some of the game or caught some of the stream, we appreciate you. So make sure before you go that you subscribe to SDPN right here on YouTube. Make sure you like this video, like the fact that we spent 40 minutes together talking about a Canucks win. And if you're listening on the podcast platform, rate and review as well. And you can also follow me, Canuck Clay, both here on YouTube and on Twitter as well. Where do the Canucks go from here? Well, they play tomorrow. No rest for the weary as they take on Montreal. Lucas is going to be at that game. And Kaya will have the microphone tomorrow night. So hopefully she's covering a win. And then on Saturday, I think Kaya's at the game in Toronto. I hope that wasn't a surprise because I've kind of said it twice already, Kaya. And then Sam will be doing that game. And then I have the Boston game on Sunday. So lots of games, lots of coverage, lots of content, all right here on SDPN. So thank you for being here for sure. And like I do on my own stream, I'm going to end off with a dad joke a bad joke, a rad joke, whatever you want to call it, because I'm in a good mood. And I hope that I see some of you tonight. If you're still up, Eastern time zone might be tough for you, but if you're still up on the in the West, I'd love to see you in, it sounds so weird to say this, in three and a half hours from now when I do my own show at 11 p.m. So as always, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, and take care of each other. Thanks for being here tonight. And you know, I know of a, a one of my good friends who who's a farmer, and he told me today that because of the storms and stuff, that the internet connection in his farm is really sketchy, really sketchy. So he had to move his modem all the way from his house to the barn. But at least now he has stable Wi-Fi. Take care, and go Canucks go. Booyah. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.